Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, just some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, which uh, featured a guy we never met before, um, who was cracking, wasn't he? Great Keith form. Allen. Keith Allen, the actor. He's in a new play. Big f- proper Fulham fan, as you'll discover. And uh, yeah, we, we strayed into all sorts of areas, including uh, Badgers. But he was very good. And true. Enjoyed chatting to him. Um, we had a bit of a conversation. We covered some ground. Andy admitted he'd, he'd done a bit of fitness today. Didn't go quite as well as he expected. And <laughs> you weighed in on that. And we also spoke conkers. It was yeah, the, we did, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a crisis in the world of Well, conkers. there always is. There always is, yeah. They get, they're like, they're, they're, it's almost like uh, Simon Cowell's PR team. They're just <laughs> as good. They'll always get good stuff out there. So anyway, maybe you can help as well. So we hope you enjoy that. Good afternoon, Paul, and well-played derby. I really enjoyed well, it. They play some lovely Ooh, football, they? played they? some really nice stuff. Pinging it about. Good young and team. Whatever you think of Jose, I mean, it's interesting, this. There was a great embrace between him and Frank Lampard before the game. So mm. whatever his current predicament is, there's no doubt the love that he inspires in the players who play for him. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, so, you know, it's easy to, you know, write this guy off, but I, I think I'll be careful to, before you do that. But it isn't... What I find frustrating about United yeah. is the first goal was wonderful. Cracking and, goal, wasn't it? And you've seen this in games. They start really well, they score a lovely goal, and then suddenly it just sort of slows down. I don't yeah. know what happens. It all slows up, the build-up, and just and get, get and eventually the other team get back into it. And you just think if they're capable of playing that football, they've got the players. You, it's hard to put your finger on why it doesn't happen. Yeah, we'll have a chat um, to uh, Sam Matterface. It won't be very shortly about that and looking at uh, what's going on there. It says, as I said, there are no real winners. You, know, you could you could look at both the situations that a manager and the player and think, they both could be doing better, really, couldn't they? Oh, absolutely. And uh, But Derby got some great young players. Of course, some of them are on loan. But I noticed they've got Mason Mount and Mason Bennett. Have they got a secret handshake? I kind of think they have. <laughs> they come out in their white gloves, <laughs> their briefcases. But, uh, the, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think my wife thinks I'm some kind of football oh, yeah, sage. This is good. <laughs> because we watch the latter stages together and, uh, and the pens. And um, she said, oh, Derby, 2-1. I said, I know, yeah, yeah. I said, but... I said, you know, look at the way they're playing now. They stick it in the mix and Fellaini will get on the end of one. Seconds later, he does that. And he sticks it. Oh. I said, look at it. Oh, he knows his stuff. <laughs> so now they, they do that quite a lot when they're behind, really. <laughs> stick it in the mixer for Fellaini. But um, the pens, and I was given a little pen picks, little stories hmm. of, uh, of as they all stepped up to take their pens. Because there's a little bit, you know, you're thinking, 
Oh, is he? Oh, I don't fancy. No, you always, you always okay. judge that, don't you? Try to. Yeah, it's and I just, but you, you kind of when they walk up, there's something about the look. Ashley Young, there was no way in the world. I would basically, I would have put my house of my life on him scoring that pen. You yeah, could yeah. see it was a bloke who was definitely going to score, and you just see it. Mm. And you didn't see that with Phil Jones, to be fair. But the one I felt for was Richard Keogh. Remember in the playoff final, yeah. he had that moment. I, I that felt he, Kubar I felt he in. was going to miss. But what a pen he took! He I took was a really, great. Pen. I was, I was actually, I, I was really pleased for him because <laughs> no. he'd had a he'd had a big moment in Derby's history a couple of years back. And I thought, God, I hope, it, I hope it's not him again, you know. And that free kick, whew, tremendous. Yeah. Well, well so well done too. to Derby, brilliant performance. And uh, Frank Lampard shape him and Jody Morris shaping up. You think you've got well, you, I you think know, if, their next if, job? Well, I think if Abramovich stays at Chelsea, and uh, that's reading this morning, it's not necessarily going to happen. But mm. if, if, if somebody comes up with three billion, though, he might not be, be there. But if if he is going to be there, I think they will manage Chelsea. I think they'll be the next managers of Chelsea after. You know, sorry, I think we'll do well. I think, but even when you do well at Chelsea, you don't last longer than two years no. generally. So, I've got a feeling within that time they'll be the man. If they take Derby up, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but it's great, great news for them. I had a very ignominious morning run today. You know, I like to go oh, for yeah, a run yeah, in the yeah. morning, and uh, so I set off and I do. I go. I run for about fifteen minutes, and then I sort of sprint walk back. And I was in the sprint phase. Okay, wow. Giving it's always it very difficult, the sprint phase. <laughs> yeah, the sprint phase. Give, give me everything I've got. And I got passed by a fat bloke with a rack, rucksack jogging to work. <laughs> in your, in yeah, your sprint in phase? In the sprint phase. I was thinking, wow. Oh, my so God. I mean, obviously, he's like 30, probably 35 years younger than me or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, and you've got to allow for this. But even so... It's, but you're properly blowing, are you? Well, no, just that there's no pace. <laughs> I'm putting a lot into it. Yeah. But I'm obviously not moving as quickly as I think I am. As far as I'm concerned, I'm sprinting. <laughs> it's only when a bloke comes past you and he's sort of like... Can, I mean, this is quite a limited space. But you, could you do your sprint for me in this studio so I, we can have a look I, at it? I don't think I could, actually. No, it's, I mean, you can get it a steam. I haven't really. got enough room, really. First 10 yards are in your head. <laughs> they very much are. Now, a um, yeah. couple of things to get going on today. We're interested to hear from you. One golf-related with the Ryder Cup round the corner. Uh, you probably saw that a celebrity uh, tournament uh, yesterday in Paris and had some very good players uh, involved. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a big golfer, plays a lot of mm, golf. Yeah. Uh, you've probably seen him in a lot of pro-ams over the years. So it was a bit of a shock um, when he topped his tee shot. Did he? And it didn't even reach the ladies' tee. Oh, no. So, I mean, that is pressure, isn't it? It, I mean, is. That, it is that terrible moment when you're not. I mean, I'm no good at golf. I, I'm play, barely play at all. Oh, it's the first, the first tee is always the first everyone tea, knows. You'll that. see a bunch of likely lads. They look young. They look good. They got all the gear. They, and you think they're going to be quite handy. And they're up there, and um, they say you're waiting for them, and they say, "No, you're right, mate. One, we're waiting for another lad yet. So you you carry on." <laughs> play through. Yeah, and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay. And there, there's a sort of four or five blokes they're all waiting and then you've got to hit it clean and it, you always, it's such a lot of pressure isn't it and sometimes you don't always do that so we'd love to hear from you uh, this afternoon about a couple a few first tea nightmares and if Samuel L. Jackson can do it with the amount of golf he plays it can happen to anybody yeah topped it and didn't even reach the ladies tea where did the ball end up I remember once we had we talked about this years and years ago and the guy um, stepped up. He said he was quite a decent golfer, mm. but he said he, he just caught the ball so badly and it sort of shanked off and went through this um, very ancient and expensive stained glass window <laughs> in the clubhouse. <laughs> oh, he took this thing. It had been there since the 1700s or something. <laughs> and he took a great big wind, smashed well, right they, through. They've got to modernise these golf clubs. Yeah, that's, that's well, they fine. said that the other day, didn't they? <laughs> so if you've had a proper first tea nightmare, made a proper burke yourself. Uh, we would uh, love to hear from yeah, you. And if you've been, I mean, we're, this is maybe has led us on to something else, your sprint today, because Simon's been in touch. He said, I got 
passed on the Leeds half marathon by a guy juggling three balls. It's same feeling. Let's it make is. Andy feel better about his <laughs> sprint earlier on when he was overtaken by a fat bloke jogging with a backpack. So thank you, Simon, for kicking us off. He's feeling better already. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, great performance by Derby, as we were saying earlier on. Um, that's Sam Matterface, of course, who's your commentator for that one last night. Uh, good afternoon, Sam. Good afternoon to you both. I mean, it's it slightly overshadowed, unfortunately, which is why we thought we would kick the show off by saying, well done, Derby, because mm. all the talk has been what happened in the press conference when Jose said, yeah, he won't be vice-captain anymore, Paul Pogba. That's my call. It was my call to make him vice-captain. It's my call to take it away. But um, it's a bit unedifying this from, from both sides, isn't it, the whole thing? Um, well, I must admit, I walked into the press room at Old Trafford yesterday around about 4.30 and sat down and immediately we were all in conversation because the news was just breaking about that information being passed to the players that Pogba was no longer going to be the, the captain or not going to captain the team again. And the first thing we all said was, it's a declaration of all-out war. It's mm. basically Jose Mourinho mm. turning around and trying to assert his authority on the situation, which was getting out of hand. I mean, I think he feels as if he's done enough for Paul Popper and he's made some concessions. He's made him the captain. He's given him a, a role in the team where, where the team seems to be built around him. He's come to his defence on a number of occasions early in the season. Yeah, he's had a little jibe here and there but, but, but Pogba has now twice gone into a mix zone a, an area where he doesn't need to speak to the press to make a point mm. against the manager's tactics I was making the point at the start of the show that, that when you look at the United's first goal it was a lovely goal they got the players beautiful they have got the squad you know even without Pogba they've got enough players to play well what is it Sam in your view that stops them that they do this they often start a game like this score a lovely goal and then it gets slower and slower and slower and it ends up with Fellaini coming on and and knocking it long I don't think they're fit enough Um, and I think that's based on the fact that in the first three weeks of the season they ended up running I think almost I think it was second worst in the second least amount of running in the uh, in the Premier League I think also they don't play with that snap I I was looking at Mata picking the ball up on the halfway line and going backwards instead of forwards quickly you need one touch football which is was the recipe to success for that goal that you're talking about the way they moved it so Mm. elegantly so quickly it was all one touch football but I think sometimes some of the players that are in the team at the moment want too many touches on the ball and I don't know whether that's because there is an inherent caution brought about by the manager who's always been the kind of guy that wants to make sure you don't lose first and then build from there or whether or not it's just because the players don't have the quality to think as quickly as they need to to express themselves but certainly there was you know this is a couple of times now that this has happened I was at the Leicester City game on the opening night of the season and again they started brilliantly started really well got themselves in front and then regressed and they do invite pressure sometimes, and I do think that that con- concerns them, which is why maybe they do clam up. Derby County, though, and I, and I know you've mentioned it already, they were absolutely sensational all over the pitch. I mean, there's no way that anyone walking into that ground last night and watching that game thought, this is a team from the championship. Yeah, I agree, and, yeah. and it's interesting. I watched Derby in the playoff uh, game that they lost last year, and you know they weren't all that really, and they've always been there or thereabouts. But uh, Lampard and Morris, they've changed the way they play, haven't they? they, they it's a completely different approach. Yeah, 
and I think over the last couple of weeks they've really started to find their rhythm I think Frank has found his rhythm as a manager he's found his best team they settled on that best team everybody knows how they want to play from the goalkeeper right the way through to the centre forward there's good communication they're all given a, a specific role they know what's expected of them and you've got good talent there in Harry Wilson who was excellent last night I mean his goal was Freaky. from a completely different world I mean <laughs> it looked to me as if it was going to go up over the wall and into the near corner and as it went up and got to the top of uh, the wall at its highest trajectory it then swerved away from the goalkeeper and into the other corner it was an absolutely brilliant free kick I happened to be in the stadium at Old Trafford when Cristiano Ronaldo scored his free kick against Portsmouth and that was a moment where you just sat there and went well, what the hell just happened there and I think that was a similar moment last night um, just going back to the sideshow briefly, uh, Sam, where we await the next missive from uh, Mino Raiola, don't we? I mean, he's, been, he's been quiet so far, but it can only be a matter of time before he breaks cover, you would think. I, I think as well, you know, a lot of the uh, response has been, oh, the media are whipping this storm up between Jose and Pogba. I think we can quite emphatically put that to bed now you know with Pogba walking into uh, a mix zone and and with his several grenades being launched into the press and Jose Mourinho doing what he did yesterday I think it's pretty clear who the instigators and the protagonists are in this argument and it's between the two biggest personalities of the club the biggest problem I think for Jose Mourinho is is this is a battle he cannot win and what I mean by that is he's either going to lose a very talented player at a, a price which is probably not going to be accepted to the club, to Barcelona, who could end up, or what Manchester United would see, to be a rival for European glory, although there's some way off that now. Or he's going to end up losing a, a, a fight of you versus me mm. because Pogba is much more valuable commercially to the club than the manager. They might both go. Who knows? <laughs> now, uh, tonight you've got, you're off to Anfield and it should be interesting. I'm not sure it's going to have too much relevance for the game on Saturday, which in my mind is a, a lot more important. But mm. I, I don't know about you, but I, I've been fascinated by people talking about Chelsea's title credentials. I, I see Chelsea where Liverpool were two years ago or even a year ago before they got Van Dijk. You know, there were pieces missing. And I think that's the same at, at Chelsea. The, you know, you, I don't see how you can win a league without a 20, 25 goal a year striker, uh, a season striker. And Chelsea haven't got that. Like Liverpool didn't have Van Dijk. Now they've got Van Dijk. They look completely different. Chelsea's defence isn't good enough either. I no, mean, they need a centre-half, Luis as well. But they've got Ampadu, they've got Christensen, they've got players that could come in. Yeah, and in a couple of years' time, they may well be up to the mark to be able to compete for that. But right now... Chelsea don't look like a team that are capable of doing it. I mean, you have to look at the teams that Chelsea have played so far this season, the quality of the opposition. They've struggled to score against West Ham and they've struggled to score against Pauk Salonika. I mean, they only got one goal early in oh, that game. They, could have had... that, they should have won about 6-0. They should have done Yes, because they've got didn't. a striker that can't put the ball exactly. in the net. And, and then that is underlining what you're saying. It's, mm. it, it's, it's legitimising the point. Our, 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 Alvaro Morata has got one goal in his last 11 games um, for Chelsea. And, that, and that's not good enough returns. Giroud is excellent at holding the ball up. He creates goals and he created two goals uh, against Cardiff City in the hat-trick that uh, Edin Hazard scored. But again, he hasn't scored enough goals, although I think he's a more popular figure uh, amongst his teammates and amongst the supporters than Alvaro Morata. But you're right, Chelsea are, are some way off the Liverpool and Manchester City pace. They're 14 to 1, or were 14 to 1 a couple of weeks ago for the title, and that's about right. Yeah, give it and you know, give Sari a year at least and a couple of transfer windows, and then, then we they might be talking. We'll see, we'll see what but it's much, much more exciting to watch. It's much more enjoyable oh, it's experience yeah. watching Chelsea now than it was last year when you're 
were watching them basically trying to grind out results which they weren't doing at, at some point and it, it's fun and I think that's something that he certainly was brought in to do and something that he's achieved in double quick time and look, Jurgen Klopp in his press conference yesterday was saying you know I, I don't think I've ever seen a team change completely their style so quickly in such a truncated and interrupted pre-season yeah, he's got good players that's yeah. how he can do that as well well on on, on the Liverpool front uh, Fabinho's going to get a start they think Solanke will probably play as well mm. so I mean second strings but we'll still see some pretty good players out there I think well, that's it now, isn't it? You know, you look at the two uh, sets of teams and you, I've written out the team I think it might be tonight for Liverpool, Mignolet, Klein, England International, mm. a World Cup finalist in Lovren, Joel Matic, Alberto Moreno, Fabinho. Uh, it's not a bad Nabiketa, side, is it? <laughs> Vijnaldum, Sturridge, Solanke, Shakiri. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good side. Pretty that. good team, um, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, Caballero, World Cup goalkeeper for Argentina. Zapacosta, Christensen Cahill, played at the World Cup for England. Emerson, Drinkwater, Fabregas, Barkley, Hudson-Odoi, uh, Morata, M- Moses. Look, these are two good teams mm. um, with two good squads. And, and one of the things that the English clubs have learned over the last couple of years, which is why they'll have a bigger impact in Europe, which is why Liverpool did have a bigger impact in Europe towards the end of last season, is that squads and the depth of them are very, very important when you've got to compete on so many different fronts. Yep. We look forward to it, Sam. We'll catch thanks, up with Sam. you later. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Sam Matter, thanks there. You commentator for that one. It's live on Talksport from seven o'clock. Liverpool versus Chelsea over on Talksport two. It's off to Stadium MK for Spurs versus Watford. Uh, I went past the ground earlier on on the train, uh, the new ground. Oh, I and uh, MK. Yeah. No, no, no. We heard <laughs> we uh, we heard what uh, Potch said yesterday in the press conference. Christmas. St- still a crane up there. Can still see a couple of cranes. Oh dear. So I'm mean, sure they can be taken down very quickly. But look, it's taking shape every time I go past. But there's, you know, there's a, a, some sort of holes in the facade that aren't quite there yet. And yet the ubiquitous cranes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Keith Allen's joined us in the studio. We just uh, we were chatting earlier on about uh, Peter Orton, our old mate who got the 
uh, consecutive holes in one in the tournament. And uh, Keith, he's uh, someone you know. Well, you play in that tournament yourself now and again, don't no, you? No, I don't, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, he was <laughs> claiming not, you did. Oh, don't ruin it. <laughs> I, pl- I played at the course, but I've never played in that tournament. Oh, OK. Well done, Peter. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty have you ever, ever got a hole in one? No. No, I've been close. No. Never got one, though. Hmm. Now, uh, we'll come back. We're going to talk a bit of sport because uh, another uh, I think mutual name that we both know has, has been telling me about a football team he used to play in. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the play you're in. Um, yeah. And you are playing uh, William Hogarth, the uh, painter the and satirist. Yeah, he, he, that's <laughs> a probably a good description. Of yeah, him. There's a statue of him in Chiswick Hyrule. He's quite a short fella. Yeah, well, he's buried in. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I do do look a bit like him, to be honest. He's buried in Chiswick, isn't he? Well, he's a house, Hogarth House. Hogarth House. Hogarth Roundabout. Of course, he's got his own roundabout. Oh, he's got his own roundabout. What a great legacy that is for a man who did so much. Tell us a bit about him. He was quite a character, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a big drinker, naughty boy, etc., etc. Very, very talented. A man who kind of needed public validation, which he thought he didn't get. He wanted to be taken seriously as a painter, which he wasn't. But he was. You know, any cartoonist worth his salt, a political cartoonist, will tell you that they worship at the feet of William Hogarth. Mm. And what I didn't know until I started doing the play was uh, he was responsible for the um, copyright. Oh, really? Yeah, because people were always... Because at that time, Mm. you had no control over your intellectual property whatsoever. And um, people were nicking his, uh, his plates and then doing their own and then just you know, reeling them off and printing them. He was getting no money for it. Wow. Of course, he was making nothing out mm. of his, his art. And he was actually the first artist that achieved financial success without a patron. Wow. All his money was generated through sales, through prints. Wow. So, yeah, he was uh, he was a major player, a mm. major force. And, and the, there, are, there are two plays. There's one play that deals with his rise, you know, where he comes from. He, he always had a huge chip on his shoulder. He's a lad from Smithfields. Um, and then his rise to being the darling of the kind of elite, if you like, because they loved his, um, um, what do they call it? Progressions. Mm-hmm. The progressions. Yeah, yeah the, the rates, rates progress, progress, the harlots yeah. progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beer Street, Gin Lane, all the rest of it. Well, we often talk about that on, on the show. We mention, we mention Gin Lane because we often say that the Guinness Village at the Cheltenham Festival <laughs> in the afternoon looked like Gin Lane by about five o'clock. <laughs> I was there this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. You're, You're absolutely you right. You can see, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like two monumental pub crawls, isn't it? One as a young man and you play him as a slightly older man. Is that Well, right? I, I play him in his dotage, if yeah. you like, just before he disappears. So mm. I'm playing him when he's in his mid-60s. Hmm. And Brian Deary is playing when he's up to about 30. So you chart his rise and then you actually observe his uh, fall, if you like. Okay. That's my Interesting. Good stuff. Yeah, well, and you where, can, if you, if, you, if you get the opportunity, there are certain times when both plays are on in one day. Okay. So you can see the first one at the matinee and then this one in the evening. You know. And it's running, it's, it's already up and running to the 21st of October. It is, yeah, uh, at the Rose Theatre in Kingston. Fantastic. Okay. And I should... At this, it is funny. Yeah, it is genuinely bawdy. Yeah, but it's 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 very very witty. Mm. It's, it's brilliantly written. I've There's got a big say. advert for the play at Waterloo Station. I was thinking, why is it in the West End? And then I realised actually that's a good bit of marketing because it's the way you get to Kingston. Exactly, yeah, yeah, clever, clever stuff. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, we wish you well with that. And uh, yeah, our old mate Andy Smart has been in touch. He says, "Ask Keith about Marnie FC. Hugh Grant at right back, Ollie Parker and Nick Hancock up front, Kevin in midfield." What's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a clue what he's on about. Oh, it's, oh uh, sorry. That's uh, it's your brother. 
he's got the wrong person. <laughs> yes, that's, typical, that's typical Andy <laughs> Smart. Oh, yeah, that's typical he's, Andy he's Smart there. Oh, yeah. It's Keith Andy, not Kevin. Yeah, I've um, never played with Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I worked with fellow, Kevin. Uh, yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. On, a, on a football program. Yeah, long, long time ago. Yeah. You are a, a fellow. He is a, you're a Fulham fan, though, aren't you? The, yeah, my brother's like a goon. Yeah. How did that happen then? Well, Kev changes his team every five years. <laughs> he, no, he doesn't. <laughs> when he was a kid, it was Southampton, <laughs> and then it was. Oh, New really? I've just I've been Fulham since '59. Yeah. yeah, and you you still go, don't you? Oh God, yeah. I took my daughter, who was twelve, uh, to her first game last weekend up the Etihad. Right. Yeah, it was brilliant. Spent the day with um, Gordon Davis. Oh yeah, we know Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. He's a top man, isn't he? Just it? great to watch a game with a pro. Knows what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> we love Gordon, one of the few men that mm. went from, most people in that day, they would go, they'd own pubs, they'd buy a pub or they'd go into haulage. But Gordon went into pest control. Yes, we always did, think that's... He's yeah. just sold the business, actually. Yeah, I know. He sounds yeah. like... He's, mm. he sounds in, we, we used to turn to him for advice. I had moths at one time, yeah. but we got him <laughs> We'd on. We'd get him on. Yeah. We're not to talk football. We'd get him on to see <laughs> if yeah. Andy had an infestation. Actually, actually, that's great. I'll give him that next time I see him, which might be on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I've got badgers just running wild <laughs> in my car. Not eating yeah. your clothes. That's oh, no, that that's no idea. But it's great. Fulham, I mean, the way they're playing, the way they've approached this last year and this year, it's exciting, isn't it? They're good to watch. They're good to watch, but interestingly enough, watching the, the City game, both myself and Gordon, mm. couldn't work out how we'd set them up. We could not work it out. I mean, there was only one team in it, you know, in the first 45 seconds, and that was us. They couldn't get the ball off us. <laughs> but that was it. Yeah. And then we just went deeper and deeper. And against a team like City, sitting there going, what are you doing? You might as well have a go at them. But the problem is, I think, that, you know, last season... We spent most of the season with 60% of the ball doing mm. the game. Well, if you come up to the Premier League, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think we're having to adjust very quickly to the idea that you ain't having the ball for that long, so you better go and get the ball. Mm. And we don't press. You know, we don't press. We let people... It was interesting, the Watford game, you know, which we were very lucky to get that draw, but it was encouraging that in the second half, they thought, hang on a minute, we've got to get amongst this lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we had a much, much better They could have won it half. in the end, literally. Yeah, but it would have yeah. been unfair. They mm. could have been 3-0 up at yeah, half-time, you know. That's when you see a team come up, I mean, you can always judge it. I'm a Spurs fan, I saw Fulham at Wembley, and you, sometimes you'll see a team come up and you think, oh, God, there's nothing down for them. But I, I said to Andy straight off, Fulham, they'll be all right. They've oh, got, no, listen, they've got enough good players, they've got a good striker, they'll and, be fine. And what he spent the 100 million on is proper, but... Mm. It's not a bedded-in team, you know. Our back four has never been the same back four this season. Mm. And, it, you know, and the, the, changed, well, the lad, Mawson, he's a good player. Yeah. But he looked dire. I mean, no disrespect if he's listening. But he, had, he had an absolute... Coming home from training, feeling <laughs> yeah, 10 feet tall. He's, he's seen, talk sport. I was going to go and see that play with yeah, Keith yeah, Allen. Exactly. I'm not going there yeah, now. I'm not going there. I'll go and no, see yeah. the one was a younger man, but not the older one. <laughs> yeah. he, had, he, he had a nightmare. Mm. Right? And it was, I think it's because him and Chambers haven't worked together for any length of time. The back four just looked so distracted by everything. I genuinely believe he's playing Sessegnon out of position. I can't understand why he's playing him at left back. Mm. He looks shot. His confidence looks shot. But I think, like you just said, I genuinely believe that we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, Once it's settled in, it'll be yeah. fine. And you, like you said, mm. we play good football. Yeah, good You side. also have a place in football history. I mean, there are three <laughs> football songs, basically, in my view. And uh, you're responsible or have been involved with two of them. Yeah. World yeah. in Motion and Vindaloo. Yeah. 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 So it's not, not bad, is it? Yeah, it's great. Every two years, the checks come in. Don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was it, was it good just, this summer with England? Oh, are well? you serious? Yeah. yeah. God almighty. That's yeah, good. It was, uh, 
No, it's demented. It was no, it's brilliant. It's really, it's. I'm very proud to be associated with both of them. Yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful thing about songwriting, isn't it? You just you do the work, and then it it pays off. If it if it works, it pays off for quite a long time. Yeah, if it works. I mean, I'd give my right arm to be Noddy Holder. Yeah, <laughs> <Do you laughs> not, know what I mean? a, that's got to be the definitely going to be the quote of the day. <laughs> I'll give my right arm to be Noddy Holder. Oh, yeah, well, okay. especially this time of year. That's what I mean. I mean, it's, it's Noddy's mean, thinking. Uh, well, yeah, he, he can definitely book Barbados see, if, now. If you he? don't know, which I'm sure you do, because, <laughs> um, you know the business. The amount of dough you can earn off a off a coveted hit single is incredible. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm lucky because they're both football songs and you've got the Euros and the mm, World Cup sure. and it comes around every two years. But if you do get a tune like, uh, you know, Slade's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Well, you know that's coming out every year. The royalties on that and the publishing is phenomenal. Right? Yeah. And I look at it sometimes and I think, God almighty, if I'd written a, you know, a, a worldwide selling album... How much dough would you be worth? Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, we're, in the, we're in the wrong game, clearly. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> so what else are you up to at the moment, then, uh, bit Well, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, trying to get these badges out of my garden. That's, right. That's, that's, I'll put everything down there. <laughs> what, Sonic waves, uh, lion's poo. Uh, I'm out there with a bucket. Where'd you get lions? You go down no, the no, circus. You can get, get it on the internet. Actually, you can. You can get, get it on the yes, internet. Yes, you can. No, you can. And you can get it from zoos. That they'll, yeah. They'll yeah. That, that'd be a good place. And you, and you crush it <laughs> Yeah. So there's that. How much um, you pay for lion poo then? It's about 11. We in buckets. And well, Andy did that. with He had foxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. And it works. Oh, no, it does work. It's not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lion poo. I'm that. Imagine that and put the wind up the old. I mean, I suppose it's all relative. If you're a badger and you think, well, it's a tiger or a lion about, it's going going to focus the mind, isn't it, really? Don't don't get me wrong. I love them. And there was a point a couple of years ago where I could open the back door. I mean, Mm. there's daft as brushes. Yeah. Well, they make brushes out of them, don't they? Let's be honest. (laughs) I, I, I could actually feed the badgers. And if you're very slow in your movement and you don't make startling sounds, they're absolutely fine. Yeah. But they've got on the lawn, and I think it's because of the hot summer. Now you've got a bit of rain on there. There's worms. And yeah. it's like they've had a rave out on my garden. <laughs> it's not horrible. I heard a great story. It may be apocryphal or not, but there's, there are stories that when you work out and you're around badgers, because if a badger gets hold of you, it gets hold of your shin, it won't let go until they hear the crack of the shin. So it'll keep going. Really? Oh, if listen, it, if it I was in my grip. chicken coop about three years ago, <laughs> yeah. and we had chickens at the time and there was an almighty racket so i got up naked mm. ran out into the chicken coop and it's all netted and i got in and i suddenly realized that i'd cornered a badger yeah. and i was naked oh, it's not and it couldn't get out and it was just staring at me you know yeah. and i thought christ this could get really ugly <laughs> so i got the chicken feeder which is metal i threw it at it yeah and it hit him on the head and you won't be able to see this because this is on the radio folks mm. But he literally hit his head and he went like that. <laughs> and then took the whole fence down. He wow. took the lot as he went. They are strong. They're hard, aren't they? Oh, my God. Well, strong. because they wait for the crack, the story is that some farmers put Weetabix down the front of their socks. So it. they break. Well, so once they've heard the crack, I've they think, never well, I've done his shit. Goffey's got a pair of cricket pads in his bag. I thought I was going to give them to Keith on the way out. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, the, the conversation didn't necessarily go the way we all want. A case of mistaken identity uh, and, uh, and and lion poo. But it's lovely to see you. <laughs> Come and see us later in the season, if yeah, you want. We'll talk about Fulham good. again. Yeah, yeah, nice. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mm. Uh, a bit of footage has, uh, has been sent out by Sky Sports News today. It's uh, footage from Manchester United training. 
Um, and uh, yeah, frosty, I think, is the word frosty. that comes to mind in the exchange between Jose Mourinho and oh, Paul the Pogba. Body language. I mean, Pogba is in a good mood. He turns up at training and he says hello to one of the other assistant coaches. And then he seems to go, and suddenly something is said between him and Mourinho, and then it all, all looks really bad. Pogba looks it? kind of bewildered, doesn't yeah. he? And he sort of answers back. I'm watching it now. He says he's, he's trying to speak to him and have a word with him, but uh, Mourinho just lip put, reading. puts him into the group. Uh, you can't. It's quite hard to lip read it, but he, put, <laughs> he puts him into the group there. Yeah. And, uh, you can Pogba, tell by the reaction of the other players as well. Pogba joins good. up with his colleagues. It all looks a little bit eggy. Um, and the kind of conversation continues, but it's it's not great, is it? I no. Mean, they're going to have to nip this in the bud. It's not good for the club. And, I, I don't think so. It's not ideal, really. Um, you mentioned sticking Weetabix down. Uh, farmers would do that to stop badgers breaking their shins. <laughs> well, I, this is talk sport, what, what in case it? you've just tuned in, but we were talking about that with Keith Allen. Yeah. Yes, we were. And uh, But an interesting case involving Weetabix has emerged in New Zealand. Mm. And I, I, Basically, it says a Brit food store in New Zealand must cover the. Don't they call it wheat bix. Well, there. that's the they thing. They do, the, yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. The wheat bix name on boxes after local brand wheat bix complained, and I thought, oh yeah, come on, wheat bix was first. So I did a bit of research. I oh no, You've got time on your hands. Well, I have. Wheat bix came first, 1926. Wheat bix was an offshoot, came in in 1932. I've eaten them there. Um, it's the same product. Yeah, I did, didn't, it didn't taste discernibly different. It's it not like do. Marmite and Vegemite <laughs> for obvious reasons, but you know, but I, I don't remember it being massively different. Um, Andy Smart's been back to say, "Sorry, Paul, I thought you said Kevin Allen." <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, we did. Uh, now Andy was overtaken by a fairly portly fella who was jogging while while Andy was sprinting uh, on yeah, his. He could have been a rugby hooker. You're right. He could right. have been. It could have been. Could have been anybody. He was pretty could quick. I don't know if he was pretty quick or not, right? So, you know, you clearly weren't pretty quick. Uh, this, is, this is trying to make you feel better. It's Phil in Bristol. Great North Run 2001. Approaching the finishing line at full tilt. I was out sprinted by Frank Bruno running backwards. Well, it was Frank Bruno. The man was an athlete, of course. Um, chin up, Andy, uh, says Matt in Tottenham. I once got passed on the finishing line at the Silverstone Half Marathon by a chap in a full um, minion outfit from despicable me uh, good effort from him but I question my training methods from that point uh, he says and uh, this is a football one, one example of it Dan says playing for Polytechnic Chiswick brackets that's uh, Max's, Max's team, team isn't yeah. it yeah. playing for the Vets he said after a long layoff um, Max isn't the vet. He's not in the vet. It won't be long now. He'll be in the vet soon. Um, be in the young vets or the old vets. You get that, don't you? The old <laughs> no, vets are in their eighties, and the young vets are in their forties. <laughs> now that's what happens. You get yeah, no, that no, going no, on. Yeah. So Polytechnic, um, after a long layoff, came on in the second half. Within five minutes, a bloke uh, who looked like Gandalf with a long beard and long white hair <laughs> nutmegged me and rinsed me down the line. At which point I subbed myself, walked to the dressing room, and went home. Oh no! That's <laughs> self police. That one was. So yeah, we're trying to make Andy feel better, and we're hearing about your uh, first tee duffers, bad moments on the first tee uh, when you've played golf over the years. After poor old Samuel L. Jackson uh, topped his uh, celebrity shot in that Ryder Cup tournament yesterday, and it crawled towards the ladies' tee. Um, this one comes. We had another one of these, didn't it? it Have you seen? Why are you looking for that? Oh, Have yeah. you seen the Lewis Hamilton, Nicki Minaj? Sort of thing that's going on there. Well, I, I've not. I've got to be honest. I've Ooh, not been following oh, it. Yeah, don't read your bazaar in the sun. It's a apologize. big story today. I dip in and out. Oh, there yeah. again. He's uh, apparently they're on holiday together. Oh, they Romantic really? getaway in Dubai. Nice. Jumeirah Beach. It's the one that always advertise on the plane. That one. Have you ever seen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jumeirah Beach. Really? Plenty of hotels to choose oh, yeah, from. That's yeah. right. Other hotels are available. They shared dinner at the Japanese restaurant Zuma before their moment of silliness in the sea. That's a bit of a. That a moment of silliness in the sea. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't know what we've done that, haven't we? <laughs> Who hasn't? And uh, a source said Lewis and Nikki are still very fresh and enjoying a few dates. So I don't know how the source at the hotel knows this. They've decided to have a little getaway as he's travelling for the next few weeks with his racing schedule. Yeah, well, he's a motor racing driver, mm. Formula One. That's what they do. Yeah. They went to Dubai as, despite being very glitzy and full of celebs, it's quite a private place for two very famous people to hang out. Not now you've mentioned it. But they could find themselves... They <laughs> might be losing his job. <laughs> he could be, yeah. They could find themselves in a spot of bother with skinny dipping. Mm. It's quite secluded. That's what they were doing. It's quite a secluded area behind the hotel, but a lot of people will have seen them doing doing it. Dubai isn't a place where you want to get into bother with the authorities, even if you're a million multi-millionaire superstar. So okay, well, good, thanks for good, bringing good, that good to us. Stuff, uh, Andy, yeah. And uh, they've discovered an extinct bird that's nearly 10 foot tall. I don't know if you saw this story. No, I haven't and, seen uh, it. Where they discover it? I mean, I think... Madagascar. And, okay, you only just spotted it. <laughs> not, not in Chesapeake. Was somebody playing, I like to move it, move it, and it suddenly sort of came out of the undergrowth. <laughs> That's right, no. It's been named as the largest ever lived, but this is the bit I like. Uh, it's, it's what called, sort of bird is it? Can it fly? It's the ostrich-like flightless varong. Oh, I'm glad it's flightless, because, I mean, imagine varong. the damage it can do mid-flight <laughs> if, it, if it evacuated. Once roaming the East African island of Madagascar. Wow. It's, this is the bit, though. That's it. Rod Holzak could have been completely different <laughs> if they'd found that years before. Well, they've done a similar thing. Would have here. taken Michael Parkinson's face <laughs> off, wouldn't it? <laughs> could have done. Yeah. Its name means big bird in Malagasy, but it bore little resemblance to the eight-foot-two yellow character from the kids' TV show Sesame Street. Ah, thank oh, you. Well. Thank you. Well, if, <laughs> imagine that kind of, that like you found an old fossil and you, this is what it would have looked like, artist's impression. Uh, it's I, this, good. I found one of these. Uh, Richard D says, I was on the first tier at Grange Park in Rotherham and a road runs down my side, or down the side. Mm. Uh, my friend sliced it straight through someone's car windscreen <laughs> oh, dear. as they were driving down. Yeah. Very angry guy came to the first tee shouting, what are you going to do about this? Well, possibly uh, send for uh, auto windscreens, I would imagine. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, I passed, oh yeah, I'm trying to make you feel better, Andy. Yeah. I, I was passed on the Bournemouth half marathon by a man in a full rhino costume. I stuck with him for a that's mile. That's probably two men. Well, they're in quite a, quick, right? Surely that's a two men in a full rhino costume. Well, it might be just be the, the I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I stuck with him for a mile before deciding I couldn't compete, says yeah. uh, Andrew in Southampton brackets, on Jose's side. So having said it's on impossible Jose's to take side. sides, wow. um, Andrew is indeed doing just that. We'll have to um, see what happens. So keep those. We've got a two-man situation here. Uh, Ralph, uh, Stockport uh, City fan, says, I got passed by a horse in fancy dress, brackets two people, uh, in the Blackpool 10K charity road race about 12 years ago. So, oh, Andy, you don't feel quite as bad about I don't feel quite your bad. run this Did morning. Did you see the photo of referee Roger East uh, sort of chasing a very large yellow like, It was like the prisoner, That's wasn't exactly it? what I thought. I thought that, yeah. <laughs> an episode of The Prisoner. Yeah. But I don't remember Roger East being in it. I don't, I, I don't think Roger Because East... let's be honest, Roger's not a number. He's a free man. Of course he is. That's right. Of course he's a free man. Uh, what's the prisoner, says the producer. Oh, for well, look, well, I'm not here to educate you about classic TV. <laughs> Come on. Um, this was... Look, it was before your... But it would be... It was like the bodyguard of its day. Basically, it was an appointment, it was appointment it's, to view it's, it's such a classic that it's never gone out of fashion. It comes back and forth. It's often shown... I mean, yeah. it was, was way, that, way... It was like Martin Peters. It was way ahead of its time. It was like, people often say that about The Prisoner. <laughs> it was like Martin Peters. That's the comparison that's, <laughs> that's often made. I want to bring it back to sport. Um, Chris says, always advisable and safest to stand behind your mate on the first tee, unless, of course, he hits the ball against a small, square, solid tee marker at the front and it sends the ball backwards <laughs> and you all scatter, yeah. uh, which I'll take is what went on, Chris. So thank you very much for that. Um, None of these else? are going to happen in the Ryder Cup, are they? Well, it would be great. It would be as long as somebody sticks one through a window or through uh, its... Um, <laughs> I'll tell you who was upset yesterday. Um, Burton had a very good win 
uh, against Burnley. And Burnley, you know, made six changes, but they you know, put out a strong side. Yeah, it was good, very, night, good, very good. Burton result. had a good yeah. win. But Nigel, the manager, Nigel Clough, he wasn't very happy. Um, he said, revenue is very important at this level. I thought this would have made a very good TV game, but I suppose we'll all have to just watch Liverpool versus Chelsea reserves instead. Ooh, oh, hello. A bit sharp. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it's but, probably going to get more more viewers. You know, that's, that's, I mean, that's what this is the, the trouble, isn't of. it? With respect, if, I, if, if, if Burton versus Burnley was on... I tell you what I did think though last night, and yep. this is interesting because you know they've brought this thing in with the EFL where they'll show a game and then they, you've got a red button, you can see sort of all the games. Yeah, yeah. In a way, the Carabao Cup could be not all the games because that would be ridiculous. But for example, I was thinking last night, especially when United went one and up, I thought, oh, if they go two and up here, I'd love to be able to switch to another game. Yeah, you know because. That would be quite a good thing. In a way, like you can on TalkSport. You can go, if, if, if you lose interest in the Chelsea-Liverpool tonight, you can switch to TalkSport 2 and follow Watford-Spurs. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if Spurs they did Watford. that. Because, well, Spurs-Watford, sorry. I mean, we are at home. You I, are I'd at like home, to point yeah. out. So, you know, it's something maybe the world that famous they can, home of the Spurs, they can think of. The they can MK think Stadium. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. a very good point. Um, and uh, the worrying thing, you see Damari Gray, who uh, it was yeah. got a bad tackle against him. And it's the old power of the mind, isn't it? Where he thought, that's a compound fracture. He thought he could see the bone sticking out through his leg. His whole life, you know, two yeah. years of rehab and possible end of career. No wonder he's Facing upset, down. Yeah. And then thankfully he realised it was his shin pad and, and not the bone. But that moment, I mean, no. it, it was still might be a couple of weeks, I think I was reading yeah. the Puel. He was obviously about. in terrible pain from the tackle. Thank goodness um, he was all right. He's yeah. a good player. I like he him. Is. He's got something about him. Yeah, so. good bit of business. They've done and very good business, Leicester. Don't you think, generally? Yeah, well-run club. You know, they're very good. They've, actually, they've done some duff business but as well, and the players have moved on quickly. But Madison, Madison. and players like Gray, they've done some very Maguire, good business. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. A plaque, finally, a plaque to mark where Dog Pickles found the stolen World Cup in 1966. Mm. has been put up by history fan. I don't know why they call him that. History fan. Yeah. yeah. Adam Thorogood, yeah. 36, in south-east London. This is something we're going to return to tomorrow. So. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. We did actually tweet out the pictures of Andy's very mm. sorry, shriveled conkers. Did anybody what? react to it? I didn't see there wasn't a great... Interest, Very unfortunately, in it, really. like this Did, whole show. You mean my shrivelled conkers haven't gone Your viral? Your shrivelled conkers didn't go viral. They're not, <laughs> that's they're not trending. Yeah. They're not trending. It's rather a pity. Okay, well, that's us. Uh, we return tomorrow from one. Uh, more top guests in the studio from the worlds of comedy and beyond. And then on Friday, Marion Alley will be here. The, that's uh, good. England uh, bowler, batsman, all I'm calling him an all-rounder. Well, he is an all-rounder. Well, he is an all-rounder. Yeah. Uh, so, have a great evening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.